Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 12 As Nicole entered the town of Fair Valley, she was reminded that abandonment without destruction was the norm. It made sense that businesses, small ones like Friendly's, and large ones like the Home Improvement Supercenter, were left in decent condition. Both those establishments were outside of city limits. When the zombie apocalypse was in full swing, and the government had taken to quarantining whole cities, people who lived in outlying areas were relocated to shelters within the city. Those in the city were ordered to stay in their homes. The city was sealed off by roadblocks. Armed patrols, day and night guaranteed compliance. It amounted to little more than rats in a cage. Only these rats were doing more than simply becoming aggressive and fighting each other. They were dying, reanimating, and eating each other. As the city was ravaged by the plague, and more of its citizenry became flesh-eaters, survivors became desperate. The battle for resources became almost as deadly as the battle against the dead. Once a city was quarantined, the government was supposed to ensure resupply of essentials. But as quarantined cities began to outnumber those that weren't, supply lines stretched thin and then snapped. The GTO crept down the main street as Nicole gazed out her window at a city in ruins. Not a house, shop, or skyscraper seemed untouched. Cars were not spared either, as everyone in sight bore evidence of being broken, crashed, or both. Paper of every variety blew up and down the street, the flotsam and jetsam of a city busted at the seams. Her tires crunched over glass and things that were not glass. A zombie would reanimate as long as it retained its brain, regardless of how much flesh had been blasted away by the living, or eaten away by the unliving. As Nicole looked around, she saw bodies littered everywhere, those who did not have the second chance that reanimation offered. Each one had massive cranial damage, those that had heads anyway. Nicole could not tell which ones were blasted away and which ones were eaten. She did not lend herself to further thought or investigation on the matter. They were not getting up, and that was good enough for her. She was of a mind to get something that would enable her to do some blasting of her own. That meant guns. Nicole figured she had dodged two bullets herself, one at Friendly's and the other just down the road at the supercenter. She almost lost it both times, but had kept together and been resourceful. She was proud of that, but not foolish enough to think she could continue as she had. Driving down the highway, going on shopping sprees, and retiring in motels had almost gotten her lifetime membership 
in Club Dead. Cats were supposed to have nine lives. Nicole figured she had nowhere near that. Apart from taking in the scenery in Fair Valley, Nicole was looking for a gun store. She thought she wasn't going to find one until she pulled into the parking lot of Fair Valley Mall. Listed on the sign at the entrance were several of the principal stores located within the mall. Nicole's eyes scanned down until her eyes came to rest on one that she thought could meet her needs. Outdoor life, the finest in sporting and hunting accessories. Bingo, she said. She smiled and looked over at Sam, expecting him to share her enthusiasm. Her smile faded as she was reminded that though present in the front seat next to her, Sam was somewhere else entirely. After watching his store virtually disintegrate before his eyes, he had slumped down in the seat and stared out the passenger window. He had not said a word since. He only rode on in silence, tightly clutching the axe handle to his chest. Nicole pulled the car up to the mall entrance. The door was twisted and broken out of its tracks. The large wall of glass that formed the front of the mall was shattered. Glass was everywhere. The entrance looked like the gaping maul of some humongous beast that would remain still and with its mouth open, wait for prey to stumble unwittingly into its jaws. The jaws of the maul's maul, Nicole thought, and then wondered if she wasn't close to joining Sam in the mental breakdown lane. She did not have time to drive around the whole complex, investigating every nook and cranny, so instead she pressed on the GTO's horn letting loose with a long blast of the discordant sound. She figured the sound would be enough to catch the interest of any that wanted to get to know her. She let off the horn and waited. Nothing. She looked over at Sam, who stared out his window. I need to get some things, Sam. You might want to start making your list, too, Nicole said. Sam did not respond or even look at her. His only response was to tighten his grip on the axe handle clutched to his chest. Nicole sighed. You just gonna wait in the car then? She said. Silence. Reaching the end of her outreach therapy, she turned off the ignition. She opened the door and got out. As she was about to close the door and go inside, she saw a lone shuffler emerge from the darkness of the mall. In life, it looked to be a pimply-faced teenager. It was dressed in a blue polo shirt, black pants, and embroidered ball cap, the official uniform of the bigger-than-a-bread-box bakery. Nicole looked hurriedly around, but did not see any others. She figured she had two choices. She could get in the car and drive away, or... Nicole went with plan B. Getting back in, she cranked the GTO and revved the big engine. Hold on, Sam, she said, and then mashed the gas. When the RPMs pegged out, she dropped it in drive. The car surged forward in a plume of smoking rubber and plowed into the only food court employee left standing in the Fair Valley Mall. The GTO skidded to a stop a hundred feet inside the mall, in a wide area by a scented candle store. Nicole looked over at the store and wondered if all the scented candles in the world would be enough to block out the stench of the dead. Useless thoughts, she told herself, then looked over at Sam, who seemed unaffected by her vehicular escapades. 
Nicole considered trying to rouse him again with some banter, then thought the better of it. She climbed out of the car and saw a food court zombie crushed under her car. The body ended at its neck. The head, if there was one left, was completely covered by her front driver's side tire. On the floor in front of the GTO was the ball cap the zombie was still wearing when she saw it. Nicole walked over and picked it up. Bigger than a breadbox bakery was stitched across the front of it. She looked over at the zombie lying smashed under her car. Making flatbread? Nicole said. She tossed the hat away. Jeez, Nicole, knock it off already, she told herself. Giving one more look to Sam and seeing that he was still present but unaccounted for, she moved off in search of the sporting goods store. Nicole did not know what to do about Sam. There was a time when she would take in any stray that crossed her path. It was the reason she wanted to become a veterinarian. Seeing animals alone and on the street and knowing they were scared, hungry, and probably suffering from some ailment made her heart ache. Though her heart held a special place for animals, her friends would berate her whenever she would fish money out of her pocket and hand it over to some bum or beggar. The warning was always the same. They're just going to use the money on drugs or booze, Nicole. She would tell her friends that she knew that, but would hand over the money anyway. That was before. As she picked her way over the debris of a battle lost to the dead, her only thought was how she was going to get rid of Sam. She needed to get herself together. Resupply and fortify, she thought to herself. Even as these words crossed her mind, she knew they were not hers. Whether or not she ever heard her father say them, it sounded like one of the many slogans and bumper-sticker phrases that he would use to sum up what needed to be done, and in a way that could be shouted at recruits. Days of strays have gone aways, Nicole thought. This bumper-sticker was all hers, and though some part of her continued to lament the thought, it did so from somewhere deep down inside, behind a locked door of resolve. Nicole kept a lookout for the dead. Bakery boy under her car seemed like a loner, but she was not taking any chances. Not taking chances was why she was walking through the Mall of Destruction in the first place. Always a movie buff, she thought of the movie Tremors. Running away ain't a plan. Running away is what you do when a plan fails. Twice she had found herself trapped and surrounded. While she did not plan on going toe-to-toe with the zombies she might come across, Nicole was damn sure she was going to give herself more than just the option of running away the next time she encountered them. For that, she needed guns, and she knew just what kind. Common knowledge dictated that the shotgun was the preferred weapon of choice when dealing with the dead. Two things ruled that choice out in Nicole's mind, noise and ammunition. While having a lethal killing force without having to aim, the shotgun was heavy and made a lot of noise. Noise attracted the dead. As she negotiated through the mall, images of the sorcerer's apprentice and his axe versus broom fiasco danced literally through her mind. Blasting one zombie and attracting two more was just counterproductive. Then there was the ammo situation. Without knowing when she would need to shoot and when she could resupply, quantity was a problem, not to mention the space and aforementioned weight issue. As Nicole stood outside the sporting goods store, she had a good idea of what she was looking for. When she was ten years old, her father had given her a twenty-two pistol for her birthday. 
He had explained that the twenty-two was a good round. It would be fun for her to shoot, and she could get small game with it. At ten years old, Nicole Bennett wanted the new Barbie video game. Five years later, on their wedding anniversary, Colonel Stephen Bennett wanted a survivalist vacation adventure to commemorate the occasion. His wife, tired of such antics, gave him a divorce instead. Entering the sporting goods store, Nicole saw that the destruction in the store was tenfold what it was in the mall. She was not surprised that the store should look this way. She knew that people would have raided places like this all over town, even before grabbing their milk and eggs. Nicole went inside and began searching for her weapons of choice. She passed a section of the store reserved for shotguns. The racks were empty. The lock keeping them secure lay broken on the floor next to a set of bolt cutters. Shelves below, that at one time contained shells of varying sorts, were swept clean. Nicole picked up the bolt cutters and kept walking. Everybody had wanted the shotguns, and everybody who got one was dead. Scanning the store, Nicole saw what she wanted. In the back, neatly stacked in a row, were seven Ruger SR-22 semi-automatic rifles. On shelves below, hundreds of cases of high-velocity rounds sat pristine in their boxes. Taking the bolt cutters, she made quick work of the lock and tossed it away. In their ignorance and haste, people ignored the smaller caliber. The twenty-two might not smash through Zombie's skull like the shotgun, but Nicole knew that the high-velocity rounds would still find their way in, and once they did, they would rattle around inside, chewing up brain matter in the process. The zombie would go down just the same. Even if she had to shoot twice, she could carry five or six twenty-two rounds for every one shotgun shell. They were quieter, and she could carry a pistol chambered for the same round, and not have to have two kinds of ammo. Nicole was a flurry of activity. She grabbed a rifle and slung it across her back, and then grabbed two more, another for herself and one for Sam. He would need something to defend himself after she left him. Realizing she could not carry all that she came for, Nicole set the guns down and found an overturned shopping cart nearby. She returned to the rifles and put the two in. She was about to continue her shopping spree when she looked at the other rifles sitting there. Ah, what the hell, she said, and scooped up the other four rifles and placed them in her cart. On a display across from the rifles were the rifles' counterparts. Seven boxes of Ruger SR-22 pistols sat untouched. Untouched until Nicole placed them in her cart. Seeing another cart, she grabbed it and went back to the ammunition. Bend, grab boxes, repeat. She spent several long minutes filling up her cart with thousands of the high-velocity rounds. As she stood up, she noticed a display containing accessories for the guns, its position strategically chosen to maximize add-on sales. Nicole selected a twin over-the-shoulder holster rig for two of the pistols. Seeing laser sights for both pistol and rifle, she grabbed them. On a lower shelf were stacks of 25-round capacity magazines for the rifles and 10-round magazines for the pistols. She grabbed them and dumped them into her gun cart. She unslung her rifle and tore open one of the ammo boxes. Nicole loaded one of the magazines, then grabbed a laser sight and mounted it. She turned it on and swung the rifle around the store. The laser cut through the shadows, and the red dot touched everything her eyes saw. Nearby was a mannequin, 
sporting the latest in hunting apparel. The red dot laser stopped on the mannequin's eye, and Nicole fired. The plastic head shattered. The report from the rifle was sharp and not overly loud, but Nicole stopped and listened just the same. Nothing emerged from the darkness. No moans echoed from the depths of them all. Satisfied, Nicole slung the rifle over her back and opened two of the pistols. These also received full magazines and laser sights before finding their new home in the two nylon holsters at her sides under her arms. Nicole surveyed her take and was satisfied. Pausing to rest, her mind drifted back to Sam. She needed to lose him, pure and simple. Saving him from the store was a product of saving herself, but now she had to make miles. She told herself she could not do that with a hanger-on, especially one who seemed to have had a complete break with present realities. She had gotten him guns and ammunition. The rest would have to be up to him. Nicole took a breath and sighed. She would tell him when she got back. The mall was cleared out. He could probably supply himself as he saw fit and then go his own way, and she could go hers. There was just no other way, she thought, as she grabbed the two shopping carts and pushed them out of the store. Nicole was out of breath by the time she reached the GTO. She went straight to the trunk and popped it open and began loading the boxes of ammo. Nicole kept several boxes out. These she placed in the back seat with the guns and magazines. Taking a rifle, two magazines, and five boxes of the ammo, she looked to the front seat. Listen, Sam, we need... Nicole said. Her words trailed off when she realized Sam was not there. She dropped the rifle and boxes and stood up. Unslinging her own rifle, she readied it and with the laser sights began turning, scanning them all in all directions. Not seeing any signs of the dead, she went around to the passenger side of the vehicle. There was no sign of a struggle, no blood, no Sam. The car door was closed and it looked like he was never there. Still keeping the rifle tight against her shoulder and her eye staring down the barrel, she moved off in the opposite direction from the way she came in. If Sam had wandered off in her direction, certainly she would have seen him on her way back, she thought to herself. She heard a noise behind her and spun around. The red dot of the laser sight came to rest on the back of Sam's head as he stood in the scented candle store. He was motionless, and except for being decomposition-free, could have easily been mistaken for one of the dead. Nicole breathed a sigh of relief and lowered her weapon. She approached Sam and struggled with what she needed to say. "'Gee, Sam, you scared the crap out of me,' Nicole said, coming up on the side of him. Sam stood staring at the lit flame of a pumpkin-spice-scented candle. His axe handle rested between them, against a display table. At her approach, Sam moved the axe handle to his other side, never breaking his gaze from the candle. The flame danced slightly as Nicole's movement set a waft of air over the wick. Nicole shifted nervously. "'So, uh, what are your plans, Sam?' she asked. Sam said nothing as he continued to stare at the flame. I mean, if you need me to drop you somewhere, I can do that, maybe. You got relatives somewhere? She said, hoping Sam was there enough to get the hint. Nicole let her words trail off. In all likelihood, even if he had family someplace, they probably were not taking visitors. She thought reminding Sam of that almost certain fact would not improve his state of mind, and she mentally kicked herself for it. Remembering the guns, 
Nicole hurried back to her car, returning with the rifle, magazines, and ammo. Hey, Sam, I got you a gun. The magazines hold 25 rounds each, so count them off as you... Again, Nicole's words stalled. This candle smells really good, Sam said, not taking his eyes off the flame. Nicole shifted again and then placed the gun, magazines, and ammo on the display table. Listen, Sam, there's no easy way. We gotta be smart now, and the smart play for me is to get to Colorado, okay? Nicole said, looking away. You need to figure out what you're gonna do, and start being smart too. But you're gonna have to do it without me, Nicole said. She steeled herself, and then turned and walked out of the store. Sam did not acknowledge her. Nicole went to her car, unslung her rifle, and climbed in. Cranking the ignition, she looked over her shoulder and backed out of the mall. The throaty roar of the GTO's engine grew softer in the distance as Sam continued to stare at the candle's flame. Nicole gripped the steering wheel and stared out at the road ahead, her face contorted, reflecting the battle of emotions raging within her. She thought getting away would quell her angst about doing what she had to do, and pressed down on the gas even more. The GTO hit 4,000 RPMs before Nicole hit the steering wheel. Shit, she said as she pressed the brakes and cranked the car back around, the tires squealing in protest. Nicole headed back to the mall. She stopped the car at the curb outside the gaping entrance and sat staring out the windshield at nothing. Sam stood on the curb. In one hand, he held the pumpkin spice candle. He clutched the axe handle closely to him with the other. He stared at the ground, not saying a word. Nicole turned and looked over at him. Through the open window, Sam handed her his candle. Nicole sighed and took it from him, setting it in the seat beside her. Sam opened the passenger side door and climbed in, easing the door closed. Nicole stared at him, then realized what he was missing. Where's your gun and ammo? she said. Sam stared at a spot on the floor and said nothing. Nicole looked to the gaping entrance, and then in a huff she drove the GTO back into the mall. She parked by the candle store and got out, retrieving the rifle and ammo. She tossed both in the back seat, dropped the car in reverse, and hit the gas. Neither said a word to each other as Nicole whipped the car out of the parking lot of the Fair Valley Mall and headed back towards the highway.